Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Alleluia, alleluia. I love hallelujah. hearing those words uh, after a long Lent. Well, greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. <laughs> I'm Deacon Jeff sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe and joined here by my alleluia partner. Where's everything to be alleluia today? Yeah, thank you. Alleluia. Yeah. <laughs> alleluia is right. Thank you. You know, we go through a, a, this season of Lent and we don't say alleluia. Right, and so then we have, uh, uh, you know, that starting with the Easter Vigil, how beautiful that is. And, right. And uh, all of a sudden we can say, hallelujah. You know, you're a theme guy. I've been with you long enough to know that. Yeah. And so you start off with that. you got a passion fruit donut in front of you. <laughs> There's a bridge in here somewhere. I don't know what it is, but you're going somewhere. There's at least some calories here. Yeah. Sitting here. So uh, passion fruit. Yeah, well, so here's what we're going to talk about today. Never heard of a passion fruit we're, donut. We're, we're, well, we have them here at the Catholic yeah. Cafe. We have all this kind of cool stuff. It is cool. But we're going to talk about the resurrection. Okay. You know, we're, it's Easter. Let's talk about Hallelujah. the resurrection. Exactly right. Let's talk about the resurrection. But, you know, here's the interesting thing. So many of our separated brothers and sisters in Christ, you know, our, our Protestant brothers and sisters, a lot of times you talk about Easter, and basically they talk about Easter. They talk about Christ rising from the dead, right, With right. overcoming death. And this is, this is awesome. They, 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 they see this Easter, and we, and we share that in common. Yep. That's beautiful. But there's a, but there's a Catholic perspective to things. That is, it's unique to the Catholic faith. It really is in the understanding of where resurrection comes from and why resurrection is such an important, important term. You can almost see the difference in the, the way we view the cross. Absolutely. When you go to a Catholic church, it's a crucifix because there's a corpus on, on this cross. That's you go right. to another church, yeah. there, it's empty. Well, you know, it's interesting. I was going through uh, the, the security line at the airport one day, and I had this metal uh, St. Benedict's crucifix in my pocket that I carry with me. And I chunked it into this little plastic bin as it's going through the little x-ray thing. And, and the, uh, the beautiful young woman. You who, stopped traffic, didn't you? Well, she, she, well, she did. I didn't. You know? And so she, she looks at that, and she goes, she goes oh, that's, that's pretty. She says, but don't you know Jesus is off that cross? <laughs> that's what she said to me. You know, and it's like, well, that's that's, that's neat. That's it, true. It, absolutely, it's true. And Catholics believe that Jesus is off that cross. But here's the thing. Now, obviously, I'm in line, you know, and this TSA agent who uh, wanted to share with me uh, her thoughts about that. I realized that this is probably not the time with all the people behind me to have some deep theological <laughs> <laughs> discussion about yeah. Catholic theology people and, and crucifixes, right? Tapping so their toes. I, I, you know, I was, I was simple. I said, you know what? Uh, yeah, I appreciate that. And I said, I'm, I'm Catholic. And, um, you know, as Catholics, we, we believe what St. Paul says. We, we preach Christ crucified. Exactly. Right? And, and so... It's, John, it's a, it's a three-dimensional John 3.6. 3, 3.16. 3.16. You're exactly right. That's exactly what that is. Well, you know, just you were on 10 off. <laughs> that's right. You're 10 off. But look, that, no, that's exactly right. That John 3.16, for God so loved the world. How much he love it? He gave his he, only begotten son. Yeah. He hung him on a cross. Yeah. Right, so God was on a cross for us, yeah. and so this is the important thing about Catholics. We have to understand that that while yes, the cross technically right now is empty because Jesus is no longer on the cross. Mm-hmm. But the important thing to understand is that's no big deal. Why? Because He's God. Jesus is God. If He is God, He ain't gonna be on a cross. He can resurrect. He can He can overcome death. Right. He can rise again on His own power. 
He's the author of life, the creator of the universe. He's God. He can do that. He can resurrect. And as Catholics, we look forward to our own resurrection, joining Christ in the resurrection. Amen. But the important thing for for the uh, Alleluia. We're going to say Alleluia now. This is Alleluia. Alleluia. Exactly right. So the important thing for Preach Catholics, on. though, and and where where we differ in our perspectives, it's important for us as Catholics to remember. Not that he's God. It is important for us to understand that he's God. But what we need to know about is how much that God loves us. Oh, how much he paid for us. Exactly right. What he was willing to do for us. That's what the crucifix is. The crucifix is that reminder. Right. And see, that's where you mentioned my my passion fruit donut. Exactly. And why this is appropriate for today. Because, you know, we're talking about the resurrection, but we can't talk about the resurrection. Without the passion. Without talking about the passion. Yep. And see, so let's let's look at the word passion first. Let's do it. That's an important thing to do. We, we look at something. What does this word mean? Break it down. I see your big notes there. That's right. I got a page full of them because we're going to talk Read about on. what the word passion means. You know, when it, when we first think about that word, right? First of all, we think about Hollywood. We think about our life. We think about the world, and we we hear the word passion, and instantly, you know, as a guy, what comes to mind is oh you, yeah, you're thinking about there's some heat going on that's somewhere. Right. Passionately yeah. kissing somebody, right? Yep. Your wife, you just I just have this passionate love and your and heart's so, pounding. Exactly right. So and then there's there's so we see love as, as sort of a synonym for passion. Right? This is gonna be a good segue. Well and then and then we also see these other synonyms. Synonyms. Easy for you to say. Yes. Synonyms. Very I know good. I can say that. Very good. We see these well other done. yeah, the other synonyms. <laughs> cinnamon toast, cinnamon cinnabon. <laughs> we don't have cinnabon here. Boy, I wish we did. Now the the, the other cinnamon. No offense to the chef here. Exactly right. They're good. So we see fervor, we see commitment, enthusiasm, ardor, zeal, devotion, dedication, enduring. Right. These are synonyms for passion. Passion. And so this is this is what we've we've come to know. And so when someone says passion, we we hear those things. And we see this. This this uh, this this drive, right? This this uh, this ardor, this passion. We see that when we hear that word passion, and yet we forget what the actual word means. It comes from the Latin root pate, pati, p a t i. Okay, which means suffer. Really? Yeah. So you look at that. And you go, that? Well, Wait a second. Well, that seems to go. That's that's countercultural. It is. So when you it's are it's countered all those words. Exactly. You're passionately kissing your wife. Does that mean you're suffering? See, well, in your, case, in your case, your wife is probably suffering. She not, might not be, you. Not She's me. suffering, right? I'm the Same here. Same here. But exactly right. But but the point is, it seems like. Well, wait a second. That can't be what passion means. If we're talking about passion, and we see that someone is passionately in love with somebody, passionately kissing them, it's not supposed to be miserable in, 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 a, in a, an event of suffrage. It's not. But we have to understand what that word passion means. And we fall into that trap of being like in the world and thinking that just means they're enthusiastic about their kissing. That really is cool when you think about it, you know, but, where this whole thing goes. Well, let's let's look at it. And where, where does it go? Let's look at, what, what first of all, what's the result? What, what is Easter all about? It's about the resurrection, Christ overcoming death, right. right? Yeah. But there would be no resurrection. We would not be celebrating resurrection. The gates of heaven would not be open. Had Christ not suffered. Exactly right. Had there not been Pati suffering. Right. right. If he had not suffered on the cross, if he had not died for us, given his all to us, there would be no resurrection. 
And so this is an important concept, and this is where, again, where the Catholics have a whole different perspective. And we've done a show. We did one with Father Brian Temby on redemptive suffering. We and did. We understand what suffering, and we see that connection in suffering to the connection of Jesus on the cross. Right. Whereas a lot of people say, well, forget about the suffering. God doesn't want you to suffer. There is no suffering. Suffering's not bad. Suffering maybe even as a result of your sinfulness. There, there are these... these uh, uh, you know, heretical uh, theologies out there that would, would teach us that suffering is a punishment because of sinfulness or, or whatever, when in fact, many are called to suffer. Yeah. And many willingly accept the suffering because what they do is they unite it to the suffering of Jesus on the cross. That's the key. Yeah, and so we, we want to just bring up this one very powerful scriptural verse. That comes to us from St. Paul. He's talking to the Colossians in his letter. This is chapter 1, verse 24. And he says, Now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body. That is the church. Now, we think about that for a second. And actually, a lot of people have a little problem reconciling this packet passage and, and understanding what is St. Paul telling that, us. That really is tough to get your head around Because that he's saying that he's rejoicing in his sufferings. Yeah. So he's willingly accepting his suffrage. And it's like, well, wait a second. He's accepting suffering. And then this next one's a mind blower. He says, in my flesh, I complete what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of the body. So Big you word, think, lacking. You, well, you're ex- exactly right. And you, so you look at the cross and you go, I'm so glad Jesus died for me. Right? And then St. Paul comes along and throws in lacking. And says, well, that wasn't enough. Yeah. St. Paul is essentially saying, yeah, it's great that he died for us, but something is lacking in Christ's afflictions. Yeah, something is that lacking. Let me well, explain that. Here we go. All right, We're go, gonna, man. What, what could be lacking? If, if Christ's de- death on the cross was sufficient... Sufficient of an offering to God, a sin offering on our behalf, if that's sufficient, if that's the only thing that's going to reconcile us to God, you think, well, that's enough. But St. Paul says it's not enough. What's missing? What could possibly be missing from that equation? Is Jesus not enough of an offering on our behalf? Is he? What's lacking in his afflictions? What's lacking in his suffering? Lacking in his pain? What's lacking in his death? He's going to personalize it. Absolutely. Yeah. What's lacking is is you. Yeah. You listener, you Tom Dorian. You suffer. Right? You do, sacrifice. That's right. You. He, he's. I'm lacking. Right. I'm not there. And so what St. Paul is saying that what's lacking is your participation in the suffering of Christ. Yeah. That Christ asks us to suffer with Him. In fact, He's asking us to share in the passion. So what's so beautiful about our uh, our Easter vigil, you know, and really that Paschal Triduum, that beautiful three days, that one liturgy of the church, the highest, holiest time in the church, where we start with the Mass of the Lord's Supper on Holy Thursday. And notice there's no dismissal. We don't dismiss from that event because the liturgy's not over. We go back, we pause, we come back. Good Friday, the Lord's Passion. It, it, it is beautiful. I wish right? you could There's explain no that. There's no introduction. Yeah. There's no introduction in the Lord's Passion yeah. on that Friday. We're, we're basically Friday. picking up where we left off. Ex- exactly right. It's it, a continuum. And then there's no dismissal at the end of Good Friday. And when we come back, we pick up again at the Easter Vigil. Yeah. And we, we come into the darkened church. Christ is in the tomb. 
But then Christ rises yep. from the tomb. He overcomes death on the third day. He rose again in accordance with the scriptures, right? So, so Christ rises again. So we follow him and the Easter candle processes from darkness into the church. It's the only light in the church is the light of Christ. And then we all light our candles, and then this light of Christ radiates. And then, you know, the lights come on, and the gloria, and yep. the, the alleluias ring throughout the church, and the church celebrates in the resurrection of Jesus. But that resurrection of Jesus would be hollow and empty and absolutely meaningless without the passion, right. without the suffering, without the death. Yep. So we're going to talk more about that when we get back. Very so uh, we want you to passionately... Sit tight and wait because we're going to have more when we get back right after this. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. How can someone so small and weak in the eyes of the world have such a tremendous impact on the spiritual lives of millions around the globe? St. Therese of Lisieux, better known as the Little Flower, was this small person. Born in France over a century ago, she has changed the spiritual landscape of the entire world. St. Therese believed that little things done with great love were more pleasing to God than the mightiest deeds. She wrote, Love proves itself by deeds, so how am I to show my love? Great deeds are forbidden me. The only way I can prove my love is by scattering little flowers. And these flowers are every little sacrifice, every glance and word, and the doing of the least action for love. The little flower grew up as the youngest of five living children. She was a sensitive child who felt things deeply. These deep feelings and her thoughtful attitude led her to a strong prayer life at a very young age. By her own account, she would find a quiet place and spend hours contemplating the love of the Heavenly Father. As Therese entered her teen years, her older sisters began to go into religious life. This led the little flower to seek entrance to the Carmelite Monastery at the tender age of 14. She was initially refused by the superiors of the order, but her persistence paid off by taking her appeal all the way to the Pope in Rome. The superiors of the order were impressed by her persistence and maturity and allowed her to enter the Carmelite order at the age of 15. The next nine years were spent in quiet contemplation and service inside the tiny convent in Lisieux. Toward the end of her time in the convent, she began to suffer from the effects of tuberculosis. Tuberculosis, a deadly infectious disease that attacks the lungs, leaves the sufferer with a chronic cough, fever, night sweats, and weight loss. St. Therese suffered seriously from this disease. She was reported to have said, I have reached the point of not being able to suffer anymore because all suffering is sweet to me. She accepted her affliction as a gift from God and saw it as a sign of his friendship with her. Little everyday things done in great love can lead us to a life of grace and deeper union with Christ. The little flower can show us the way. I'm Bess Trzymski, and this is another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Once again, hallelujah. we're so excited to be here in the Catholic Cafe's luxurious corner booth. Tom, it, it's so good that Easter is here and we have this opportunity to talk about the resurrection and, and just how beautiful it is that God loved us so much that he would die for us. Yeah, absolutely. And then so how, how appropriate it is that he would, you know, overcome death, rise again and 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 you know ascend into heaven we see all these all these things are getting ready to happen we celebrate in our church yep and again to see that connection between resurrection but then also suffering and death is important and we we talked a lot about suffering and, and uniting our suffering but you know we also need to talk about death okay and this is another countercultural concept and a lot of people haven't thought about it this way but for our salvation, for salvific purposes of our discussion here, death leads to life. Right. Life comes from death. Light interrupts the darkness. Yeah. And this is the this is the key to the to the whole Easter Triduum that those three days. This is the the, the key to the Catholic theology of the resurrection, understanding that Death is necessary for life to take place, and so that's what we need which, to. Which is totally counter. You're right. Absolutely, but see, here's the image I like to I like to I like to paint when we're talking about this concept, and we've all experienced it. We've seen the the National Geographic Channel or whatever, and there's some kind of uh, story or discussion about. Uh, you know, life in the forest, you know, and we, we the, the boring shows that, you know, we catch ourselves watching and go, why am I watching this? Yeah. But you've seen the ones with the forest fires and how they're just totally devastating that they will hundreds of thousands of acres will burn to a crisp and there'll be nothing. Oh, yeah. But for as far as the eye can just, see, just blackness, death, yeah. everything is gone. Looks like the moon. We hear about this every time that yeah. we start to hear about lightning storms happening in the summertime in some of these mountain states or these yeah. uh, plain states where these yeah. vast amounts of wilderness and forest that are burned to a crisp because some camper left a fire going or whatever right. and how devastating that is. Totally and lifeless. Exactly right. There's nothing left. Yeah. It's, it's dead. Nothing but that horrible I know smell exactly of where death, you're going with right? this. But you can see the camera lens zooming in right now. In the center of that death, in the yeah. center of that lifelessness, that in the center of all of that blackness, this little green sprig of spring, a seedling, pops up. Yep. Right. Life is born in the middle of that, and then soon next to it, another one, and another one, and another one. And what happens is, even in nature, where death occurs life flourishes in right. in, a, in a short period of time that entire forest is now reforested it's brought back to life it's lush and green in only a matter of years and it's an amazing amazing thought and you think well wait a second this is nature at work right. and think about it just the idea that death brings life you know look at the animal kingdom yep well when the lion kills the antelope life it goes on and, and moves because of because of death and not for that antelope but right <laughs> but but the point is we see that that death springs into life so make this personal we talked about Paul earlier yeah we talked about how we need to make ourselves more passionate 
uh-huh. we need to die. So make this make this more okay. personal. What do so, I need to be doing? Yeah, exactly. So you're you're going to ask how to? Like, yeah, what are we what are we supposed to do with all this? It's all great theology, Deacon Jeff. This yeah. is all wonderful, but yeah. how does this apply to dumb my life? Dumb down for my people. It's not a it's not dumbing down <laughs> for me and my people. It's making it real because you know, especially as a guy, I understand the whole making it real thing. Right, well, okay, keep it real, dude. That was a great little homily, dude, but. Yeah. Uh, Help me understand why I need to read this. Exactly. Because in a minute, I'm going to turn off the show, and I'm going to go out there and get on the interstate and deal with reality. Yeah. So dumb this down. You know what? We're going to go back to that first image I had where we talked about not the passion fruit donut, but the passionate kiss. All right. We're going to go back to that because we can speak about this from a Catholic perspective. And let's imagine that passionate kiss with, with your wife. Right, listen. The, I got the picture. The, all right, the passion <laughs> that's there now, understanding that what the real meaning of that word is, passion. Suffer. This is what underlies that kiss. That love that you have for your wife is expressed in that kiss in a passionate way. It's not just the kiss, it's the passionate holding of hands, touching, listening, understanding, just being with. Your wife, your spouse, in in that, if you keep the concept of the passion, what you're doing is you're living out Catholic theology. Now you are now dying to yourself, overcoming death through the victory of Christ on the cross, uniting your your emptying of yourself mm-hmm. to Jesus on the cross, and only because of that, then you are resurrected. Your life becomes resurrected. So, if you truly Kiss your wife passionately. If you have true passionate love for your wife, mm-hmm. you'll die for her. This is Ephesians 5 coming back to us again. You know, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. He laid his life down for the church. You have to be willing to lay your life down. And that kiss, that kiss to your wife, that touch, that that holding of hands, that listening, that being present to your wife in a way where it's not about me, honey, it's about you. That's... That's the death. That's you dying to yourself, putting her up on this pedestal, right? That's what it means, and that will bring that will resurrect your marriage. That will resurrect life and energy and love in your marriage. That's what the kiss connotes. And I would imagine that from a practical standpoint, you're talking about dying to yourself in little things throughout the day or throughout the week. Well, let me just say it this way. Does that make sense? No, it perfectly makes sense. Okay. And that's what ties into this. That's why this right. is why the, 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 the Paschal Triduum is so important for us to understand that life comes through death, it comes through suffering. Right. See, it's not we're not just talking about kissing your wife here. We're talking about right. living life. Right? You need to have a passion for life. Right. Right? If you want to have life, if you want to be successful in your job, if you want to be successful in your marriage, if you want to raise good kids. You're going to sacrifice. You are going to put yourself out there. Right. You are going to throw your entire self into this just like Jesus did. Jesus threw his entire self on the cross. And imagine this picture. I've said this before, but imagine this picture. Jesus gets up on the cross, and after a couple hours of it, before he dies, he goes, look, guys, i got to be honest with you. This hurts. I'm getting down. <laughs> I gotta yeah. quit. I can't do this. Yeah. And so you'd say, wait a second, that's not very passionate. That's not the person filled with, you know, ardor, with fervor, with intense love, with supernatural love beyond our human understanding. This is not what's going on if he gets off of that cross. Yeah. And in the same way, 
We can't get off of our marriage. We can't get off of our life. We can't get off of our relationships with our children, with our church, right? Just the little things that we do every day with our job. We need to be passionate about it. Yeah. What that means is, as you're probably thinking, okay, I want to be passionate. Does that mean I'd go in there and I'm just all excited and everyone goes, dude, dial it down a notch. You know, stop yelling at me. It's not about that. It's about, like you said, the little things. Choosing to do the little things that someone, whether they're not, they're not advertised, they're not great neon signs that say, Tom Dorian has decided you know, not no. to eat this extra dessert so right. that you may have it. No, in simple terms, it's overcoming selfishness. Absolutely. It's dying to yourself. Absolutely. And see, that was the original sin right. in the Garden of Eden. Exactly. Right? It's a sin of pride. Hey, we it's, had a show on that. That's exactly right. It's right. all about me. It's all about me. Well, yeah. it's not. See, that's the case. It, 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 with this Catholic theology of the resurrection, understanding the resurrection, you have to first die to self. And once you die to self, now you are an empty vessel, ready yeah. to be filled with the Spirit of God, ready to be filled with the passion of Christ, ready to be filled with the love of God, the eternal mercy of God. And now you are a loaded weapon, dude. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're out there to evangelize. Yep. And see, people see those moments of joy. They see those they see that transformation in you, yep. and that's the passion. That's what people talk about passion. That's why Hollywood and, and just you know books and, and magazines, how they've taken that word passion, and they see someone who you know, profoundly or deeply kisses or hugs or whatever, that that's, that that's passion. Yeah, and they're missing it. They're missing the boat. Yeah. When the real passion is when you tie that kiss, when you tie that love, when you tie that enthusiasm yeah, to- to, to the real the, meaning of the word. To the death right. and the suffering of yeah. Jesus. Now, suddenly, that gives all of that a purpose. Yeah. And that's truly when you see resurrection in your life. Yeah. And see, these are the opportunities that, I mean, we just we miss. Especially yeah. as guys, you know, we go through the world and we think, um, you know, I'll get my wife some earrings and that'll make, we had an argument, so that's going to make everything all better. And, and I... I tone my voice down there because that's sometimes the way we think. We're just kind of guys and <laughs> not really sure what I should Don't do about this. Don't speak for me no, and the okay. rest of the guys. You, this you is are you. This is all about you. Hey, man, I speak from personal experience. <laughs> Trust me, I'm, I'm a married man. I've got nine kids. Right. And, I, and I'm not saying I know more than anybody else, but I know more than I used to know <laughs> before I was married and before I had nine kids. Trust me, I've learned so much in life. And I have yeah. learned especially just how much passion plays into my marriage. Yeah. You know, I am I have pledged an oath, a covenant with my wife to be married with her for all eternity. So I'm going to I'm going to put my whole self into it. Yeah. And I think that passion is what's going to make me and my wife happy when we're in our old age if God wills that we live to be a, a ripe old age. Our passion is still going to be every bit as alive as it was the very first day I saw her across the room and said, "Man, that girl's something else. Yeah. I want to be I want to be next to her." Yeah. Right? And that same passion is something we need to unite to the passion, the suffering and death of Christ, and that's going to change our lives. Hallelujah. So, hallelujah, absolutely. Happy Easter, everybody. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son, sent to reconcile us to you forever. Help us to see the wisdom, necessity, and purpose of the cross and its connection to the resurrection. And grant us the graces we need to participate in that suffering so that the reward of eternal salvation will be graciously bestowed upon us. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.